Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, I try not to resort to being a raging lunatic fan, even though that's inside of me at all times. But when I, I was driving home and I heard that Emilio Pagan was coming in with two on and a one-run lead in the seventh inning, I, I had to wonder, what is going on? Uh, he continues to kind of fail in those key situations. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Who, who comes in there? They've already used their lefty in Moran, who did, came in and did a nice job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saving Duran and Lopez for 8-9. Alcala just went on the injured list. Um, Stewart had already pitched two, three days in a row. I just don't know. I mean, I don't think you can avoid using a guy who might have been your most efficient reliever over the last month, and that's in the seventh inning. You know, it's, uh, if he's on the team and he's pitching well, you kind of have to use him. And if he had pitched as well yesterday as he had pitched previously, he gets out of that jam. Uh, now, now the results were terrible, and what bothers me most is that he walked. He walked the bases loaded. Yeah. Um, with his stuff, the way he's been pitching, he should come out there throwing darts. And if he throws, his stuff moves so much. If he throws in the strike zone, he has a very good chance of having success. Uh, walking mm-hmm. that guy, put him on the defensive, then he faces a lefty and gives the grand slam, and it's a disaster. Uh, but to, to me, the I don't know what the alternative to using him was there if he's on the roster and he's pitching well. Um, and I don't know how you get rid of somebody who, when they're pitching. It's like it, he, has, he, moved, he has pitched his way into a point where you're almost obligated to use him, you know, in sixth and seventh inning situations. And uh, I don't know what the alternative is in that situation. Well, I guess, you know, and, and I was listening to Corey Provis and, and Dan Gladden, too, and, and Provis was less than excited about the move uh, as well, you could tell, because he said, you know, uh, Rocco said that Jorge Lopez and Duran are available. Uh, each are capable of throwing more than an inning. I might have gone Lopez, I guess, there and see if he can get you, you know, four outs instead of three. Uh, you, you could do that. Um, I don't think Rocco wants to make a habit out of using those guys for more than one inning. You could have done that. Uh, of course, Lopez basically lost the Monday night's game by walking somebody in. So even when you use your best players, they fail sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think Pagan had earned a shot like that. He failed that test. He failed the test, but I think he had earned the right to get a shot like that. And then he failed them. So I think what they probably what they're going to have to do is bump him back to being kind of a fifth, sixth inning guy and hope that he, he gets it going again because he was, again, until yesterday, he had been maybe their most efficient reliever other than one outing in Boston where they were trying to get extra outs out of him because he was in a lost cause game. Uh, you know, at some point, if, if a player succeeds, you have to give him a shot. Uh, and then injuries are rearing again. Uh, you know, you can't do anything about a foul ball off the shin. I feel bad for Nick Gordon. And, and the one Joey Gallo hit, you know, exit velocities off Gallo's bat often exceed 100 miles an hour. I don't know since since he fouled it off if it was going quite that fast. But even if it's 90 miles an hour straight off your shin, Gordon got a fracture. Uh, Gallo didn't just because Gallo's a bigger guy, maybe. Uh, he's got a little more meat on his bone. And, you know, who knows if it, it what the angle and where exactly it hit and all that other stuff. But, yeah, Nick Gordon is out. Shame. Um and I just like the guy. You know, he wasn't having a great season overall, but I think he has a great attitude and he had produced some big hits. Yeah. Uh, Gallo has been a real key, and that, that's going to be, uh, you know, an easy call up. You can probably just call up Walner and have him take some of his at bats, but uh, Gallo had, had won a lot of games for this team. Very versatile and excellent fielder. 
uh, really good dude. So that, that, I, I hope he's okay. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, the off day might help that. Uh, Polanco, as you said, is the, is the troubling one. Yep. Uh, a guy who just has continuing leg problems. They, they rest him at the beginning of the year to get his legs right, and then he you know, pops, pops a hamstring or something uh, running down to first base. That's the one that worries you. He's a really important bat, really important player on the team, and continues to deal with leg problems was just really starting to hit here recently, too. And, and uh, it, you know, so they're not really sure the extent yet. Have you heard anything, a strain? What is it? So we're talking here early afternoon on Thursday, and I have not seen any more information other than that it, that it hurt them. Uh, they said they were going to do more tests on them today before they put out any more information on them. We might not know anything until tomorrow pregame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it just because of his history, it worries you. Yeah. Uh, back to Gallo a little bit. Uh, you know, they asked him about hitting leadoff. He's done that a couple of times. He's not a huge fan, uh, and they mentioned that to Rocco, and he said, well, I'm not too concerned about what Joey Gallo thinks today about the lineup necessarily, and he pulled Sonny Gray, and Gray has been vocal about not wanting to be pulled so early, but it seems like Rocco's relationship with his with his team is, is really good, so even when he does things that they don't like, they, they're not holding it against him. Well, I mean, every relationship's different, and every manager has players who don't like them or don't like what they do. It's just mm-hmm. a fact. It's just the nature of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gallo and Rocco. I think Gallo and Rocco have a really good relationship, um, and they may, they've turned it into kind of a running joke. So reporters have to go back and forth and relay <laughs> message to each other. It's not. It's not a problem. Gallo would rather bat elsewhere. He's not, but he's also a good dude. He's not going to make any problem. It's not a problem. Yeah. It's more of a humorous thing. Uh, Gray. I think there's some things that are misconstrued. First of all, the Twins lead the major leagues in, in starter innings pitched. Yeah. I will repeat, the Twins lead the major leagues in starters innings pitched. Mm. Rocco wants his pitchers to pitch deep, but he's not going to for, he's not going to like chase that stat. Mm. Uh, Gray and Gray, uh, when he talked about starters needing to go deeper this spring, a lot of people took it as a shot at Rocco. The way I heard it and read it and had it relate to me was he was saying starters need to prepare themselves to go deeper in games, need to pitch well enough that he wants them to go deeper in games. Yesterday, Gray was not mad at getting pulled. He was mad that he pitched Laos. Uh, 86, 80, I think 86 pitches in four innings, eight base runners in four innings, uh, not not pitching in the zone. And then so he gets to the, he gets to the uh, whatever it is, I think the fifth, and a bunch of lefties come up and he hadn't pitched well. Rocco brings in the lefty. The lefty does the job. That was, you know, I just don't think that's a problem. Yeah. What, the most uh, starter innings pitched last year, second fewest starters innings pitched, yep. something like that? So it has yep. really been a turnaround to that in that regard. And Bailey Ober looks like, you know, he wants a starting spot the rest of the season. He's sure pitching like it. Yeah, he's pitching great. Uh, and the great sign, He's when he has his good stuff, he's really good. And like yesterday against a great, Tuesday against a great lineup, he obviously did not have his best stuff, and he found a way to get through it. And that's what Gray's done a few times this year, too. Yep. Uh, great sign. And, yeah, I mean, you know, we don't know what Myatt is going to be even when he comes back. Um, and so they need – they really need Ober to be a good fourth starter, and it looks like he's up to it. Uh, the um, uh, San Antonio Spurs have, have had some tremendous huh. luck in the draft lottery. Uh, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now Victor Wembanyama. If he becomes anything near what a lot of people think he will, uh, the Spurs, you know, probably are going to flip it right and go from twenty-five to fifty-five wins right away. Two great things about that lottery. Number one is it blew up the the ridiculous notion that the NBA lottery is rigged. 
Mm. Uh, if the NBA was lottery is rigged, he would not be going to San Antonio, one of the smallest markets in professional sports. Right. Um, number two, I do think like Popovich can be really irascible. He can be a jerk in certain settings, but he treats his players really well, and he's a great coach. And you know, you ask him the right question on the right day, and he can also be a great interview. I, I think it's kind of cool that Popovich, who had a great relationship with Robinson and Duncan, and has a great relationship with that city, gets to coach this guy. And uh, can't wait to see him, uh, certainly on the NBA stage. Uh, boy, it, it, G- playoff Jimmy is a real thing, isn't it? Jimmy yep. Butler last night, I mean, he just controlled the game. He's a, and he's a, a very good player in the regular season, but he turns it on. And you know what struck me is, that, you know, we watched Kyle Anderson kind of you know, earn the nickname slow-mo this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and proving that the foot speed is just not a big deal in the NBA. Then you watch Jokic play and you watch Butler play. And they just control the flow of the game without ever, you know, in terms of pure speed, putting it in fifth gear. It's all about decision-making and, and leverage and putting defenses in a bad position and making big shots. And Butler's just a genius out there. He really is. Uh, and he does everything well. And he does everything well for a coach who's going to find, you know, who's going to have everybody play well around him. He's going to surround him with shooters and defenders and people who take charges and deflect passes. And Butler just fits that scheme so well. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you Rom and Scheffler and take the field. Which side do you like? Uh, it's funny because I've been thinking of it in those terms, mm-hmm. and I will take the field because I think Rom and Scheffler have, you know, a twenty to thirty percent chance of winning. So I'll take the group that has a seventy percent chance of winning. Mm-hmm. I can see Shoffley winning. I could see I could see a million people winning. That's the thing. You know, you just have to remember what everybody has to remember about major championships is. When Nicholas and Tiger were in their absolute prime, they won about an average of one major a year, which is 25%. Mm-hmm. And when they weren't in, quite in their prime, they would win 10 to 20% of the majors. Uh, it's hard to win a major. And, of course, Rahm and Scheffler deserve to be the favorites and are the favorites. That doesn't mean they're favorite, favorites against the field. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports, brought to you by uh, Prairie's Edge Casino Resort with Todd and Sue Ann.